Hey everyone, uh, this is another episode of the First and Fifteen podcast. I'm Joel Pulliam, and if this is your first time listening, the first comes from the First Amendment, which is the right to free speech, and the fifteenth comes from the Fifteenth Amendment, which is the right to vote. You know, hence the name. Uh, what I wanted to talk about was obviously what's been going on in the Middle East um, past week. Um, early last week, you know, we all woke to the news of you know Hamas committing you know those terrorist attacks against Israeli citizens. I believe like over 5,000 missiles were launched and 12 or 1,200 initially, 1,200, there were 1,200 people killed in the attacks. Um, And this included men, women, children. You had, you know, children being taken hostage, you know, and and held for ransom or in exchange for, 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 you know, hostages in return or prisoners in return. You had uh, people at a concert, a music festival, there were airstrikes and hundreds were killed there. You have people killed on boats, people killed in their homes. You know, it was awful. So I just want to, the first thing is just, you know, your hearts go out. You know, it, it was awful to see. Uh, and, and there's no excuse. I don't care, you know, what cause you have. You can't do that. You know, innocent people, I don't care what the cause, off limits. Civilians off limits. Uh, so, you know, obviously we were all, affected by you know looking at those images um but what also started to happen which happens a lot is that the media started to paint you know palestinians with a a broad brush you know basically placing the blame at their feet basically saying you know palestinians are are in hamas or they're interchangeable like hamas represents all palestinians when that's just not true uh, we'll talk about the history of this conflict and where Hamas comes in maybe, you know, a little later on in this episode. But it's unfair to paint Palestinians like that. You know, it kind of reminded me of uh, when I was a kid, you know, during 9-11. And while we were justified in our anger over what had happened, the response was, OK, every Muslim. It, it, it veered into Islamophobia. It didn't veer like it became Islamophobia. And we ended up attacking a country two years later that had nothing to do with it and 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 that president george bush was given the keys because people were ignorant uh and i look at you know today i saw you know this week i saw the media just like now their their empathy for israel is is righteous right you know they're they're caring about what's happened to them is 110 percent valid no one's disputing that but what it turned into was hey okay well israel should be able to do whatever they need to do to defend themselves to respond and that's where we get into to to dangerous territory uh i was even watching a, a a tv show where the host a lot of most of the hosts on the tv show they were advocating for like okay well israel needs to do what they need to do you know airstrikes you know, do it. And I was thinking to myself, like, is anyone going to speak on behalf of the innocent Palestinians who would be caught in these attacks? Again, you cannot equate Hamas to Palestinians. That's like equating Proud Boys to all white people or like what we did back in, you know, back during 9-11, equating like, OK, it was Al-Qaeda. All right, all Muslims are going to get it. You get how stupid that sounds? That It was just like thousands upon thousands of Palestinians would be killed 
if they're just trapped, you know, in, in Gaza while there's airstrikes going on. Uh, and But the media, it just kept not saying that there's two sides to a tragedy, but this this struggle, this conflict is deeper than just even what happened last week. And the nuance isn't ever there when we speak on these things, especially in the media. You know, and, and back to the to the show I was watching, it was just alarming to me that people who who previously, you know, they advocated for uh, children and and for safety and against gun violence. These same people were out here, you know, saying that you know it's okay that innocent women and children and, and men, Palestinians, that it's okay for them to be collateral damage as long as Israel practically gets his lick back. And I was just like, where's the humanity in that? Right. And there was one person on the panel who spoke up. So I was thankful for. But it it, it kind of alarmed me because it was like we become so bloodthirsty sometimes when we're wronged. Um, I have no problem with, you know, Israel being upset and angry, obviously. I mean, anybody would be right. We were all angry to see those images. But you have to always make sure that your response, you know, that there's humanity even in that. Right. I. I and you just see the media, you know, A, I wouldn't believe everything Netanyahu says or anything he says because I think Netanyahu is a right-wing maniac uh, who has shown time and time again that he's not to be trusted. But even putting that aside, I just feel like as humans, um, again, I have no problem with you defending yourself, but we can't go into this whole thing of, well, war crime for war crime. I, I'm I'm just not a believer in that, right? And, and for those who don't know, uh, what Israel was planning in their response was to, you know, last week seed Gaza, and uh, that was going to be. I mean, they're still planning it, but um, that's going to be like a a, a massacre, right? Uh, Two million Palestinians are stuffed in that small area, and with no way to escape for the most part. It wasn't until yesterday that they even announced a plan to help Palestinians escape before, you know, they lay siege to the city, before they put troops on the ground to invade the city. And I'm thinking to myself, like, are we really going to aid and abet something like this? Because what it was going to be is a massacre, a genocide, practically. And, and what we've heard on the ground thus far is even within the last week, there have been Israeli airstrikes and they bombed hospitals and shelters um, and I think over 2,000 Palestinians have been killed that includes children right we we <laughs> it's awful even um they cut off electricity last week they cut off water uh they cut off I mean with the internet they cut off and it wasn't until you know our administration pressured them this weekend you know for them to cut the water back on that they did so there's we don't even know what the effects of what Israel's done in response again if you want to go after Hamas no problem with it do not go after innocent civilians that is against international law it's not even just a moral thing it's against international law even the UN spoke up about it and you know speaking of the administration we have now I'm gonna be honest with you the, the initial response was disheartening. I get that it's your ally. I'm not trying to say you don't stand up for, for, for countries. You don't stand up for your allies because that's what partnerships are for. Right. But diplomacy cannot matter more 
than what's righteous. Um, and what you saw is that the language was really weird. It was like, oh, we stand with Israel to defend itself at all costs. You know, basically like not saying, hey, we need to make sure we don't cross, you know, that 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 line of war crimes. There was none of that. It was like Biden was like, hey, you have my full support. Do whatever you need to do. And how us outside of the situation could see how this could go wrong in the Biden administration couldn't, I don't know. But I'm in my honest opinion, it reeked of somebody. I'm going to be honest, always on this podcast. And this is somebody who, and I've said it before, but for those who don't know, I worked on the Biden campaign, but I'm going to be honest. It reeked of someone who is trying to score foreign policy points for next year's election. And I hate that. I hate when people, you cannot govern based off of, can I win elections? You have to do what is right in the moment. And what you saw was that, okay, I mean, you could see in other things, whether it's the border wall, whether it's, you know, hey, let's get police more money. All these things is that shift to the to the to the right in order to gain that that silent majority in elections. You know, there's a whole series you can do on that. But we've seen it over and over again. And I hated it then and I hate it now. And, you know, to see them talking like that, it was like, oh, you're giving them you know, you give them the green light to do whatever they want to do. And it wasn't until people put pressure on the administration to, hey, you need to change that language to make sure they don't overstep these boundaries that the the administration stepped in and was like, oh, okay, well, 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 well we need to make sure there there's no war crimes because right now, because of the, the, the days it took for them to actually change the response, we have a humanitarian crisis in Gaza. And, and I just felt like, come on, y'all, we know better than this, right? Again, Israel has a right to defend itself, and it was awful. Those terrorist attacks, there should be justice, but justice does not mean there's collateral damage. We don't allow that anywhere else, so we can't allow it here, right? I even think about in this country, right? Black people ain't even allowed to, to burn a CBS, without condemnation over grievances we have in our own country but you know when it comes to over there okay then yahoo do whatever you please to defend yourself like i'm like wait a minute now and there was a lot of shouting down of people who were speaking up saying hey we need to be careful like there are people like oh you you must be anti-semite i'm like wait a minute wait a minute we can't venture I'm against anti-Semitism in all its forms. There, I mean, trust me, like, against any of that. But that does not equate to letting Netanyahu and the Israeli government do whatever they please. Those are two separate things. And what I don't like is that we don't hold that standard to everybody else. We can critique African countries and no one ever brings up, man, y'all are racist and anti-black. No one ever says that. And they will dog Africa all day long. They will dog uh, 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 Caribbean nations all day long. They will dog U.S. cities, Detroit and Chicago and all these things. And no one ever says, oh, man, y'all being anti-black. And so I just feel like the framing of how we have these conversations are not in good faith. And that that's led us to the conflict we have right now. You know, and I we said earlier we're going to go over, you know, how do we get to this point? And I am no geopolitical 
geopolitical expert or anything like that or foreign policy expert. So don't like, hey, what Joel says is law or anything like that. But just a lot of people don't have the back, like the overview of, of the Israeli-Palestinian kind of struggle. And the crazy part is that this is not like a, a, a centuries-long battle. This really, this is less than 100, well, around 100 years old, right? Uh, let's say 100 years ago, Jewish people, for the most part, were scattered abroad, right? If you read the Bible, you know, they consider, you know, Israel to be their homeland. And, and during this time, what we call, you know, Israel and Palestine, it was occupied. That area was occupied. Uh, it was within the Ottoman Empire. Right. And this is during World War One. And during this time, Britain, they promise uh, those Jewish people who are scattered abroad in Europe who want to return home. They promise like, hey, we will have a nation for you, a place where you can create a nation. We will give you land. At the same time, there are Arab people living in the area who have always also lived in the area. And so what happens is that uh, some of those Jewish people, they, they start to migrate back to that promised homeland because in World War I, sorry to leave this out, Ottoman Empire breaks apart because they lost. Uh, those That side lost, and so the Ottoman Empire is broken apart. And... That Palestinian part, Israeli-Palestine part, is given to Britain. And it's called British Palestine. And originally, it's mostly Arabs that live there. But Jewish people start to migrate back there. And what you have now is two groups. You know, the Arabs and the Jews within this space, you know, they start to, to fight. And, you know, violence occurs. Uh, what happens after World War II is that United Nations... You know, it's created, and what they do in 1948 is that they decide to split because Britain, they take their hands off of it after World War II. And what the UN decides to do is give Palestine its own place within uh, that land area, and they give Israel its own nation in that land area. And so what we have in the way it's drawn, I don't know who drew that, but... The Palestinian part is within, is surrounded by Israel. And what happens in 1967 is that, you know, there's a six-day war where Israel fights literally against the whole Arab world. And Israel won. Um, they won. And, and what happens is that they gain a lot of land, right? Um, they, they get the West Bank, which was, again, Palestinian territory. They get uh, the Gaza Strip. They get the Sinai Peninsula, Golan Heights, and in the process, thousands of Palestinians are forced to leave. So they're kind of back at no state, you know, no land. And, and once again, Palestinians are refugees. Now, you know, over the the next two decades, their attempts at at peace. I mean, with Israel and the Greater Arab World, you know, you have the the Camp David Accords, where the Sinai Peninsula is given back to Egypt. Um, even have in the 90s, Yasser Arafat and uh, Yitzhak Rabin, you know, they they, sent, they signed the Oslo Accords to, you know, where Palestine, their government is recognized. Uh, that, that leads to Yitzhak Rabin being killed by right-wing Israel force, you know, well, right-wing Israeli assassin. I'm not going to say forces, but just an assassin. And, and so 
again, that peace is very temporary. And I think also the problem within this is that Palestine isn't officially recognized as its own nation, right? Even by the United States, we recognize their government, the PLO. Well, we did the PLO back then. Uh, we didn't, we haven't, and we don't now. We don't recognize them as their own nation. And there also lies the problem, right? And until that happens, there will always be that conflict. And you have to remember that land, remember I talked about in 1967, this still hasn't been given back to Palestine. Uh, West Bank, uh, the Gaza Strip. And so what happens after, you know, their uprisings by Palestinians is that in 2005, Israel kind of takes its hands off of the Gaza Strip and they're like, okay, you can have it just for peace. But at the same time, they set up a, a blockade. Right. And what this blockade does is that it, it cuts off Palestine from the rest of the world, practically, uh, to where they can't trade. You know, Israel controls the air and the water around it. So, you, you know, you can't trade with Palestine. It leads to to economic losses where there are a bunch of jobs lost. There's high, very high unemployment. Um, it's it's really bad economically in Palestine. It's like they're being suffocated. Um, Amnesty International, they did a study of the relationship between, you know, Israel and Palestine, if you want to call it a relationship. And what Amnesty International stated was that basically Israel was imposing a regime of oppression and domination against the Palestinian people. Because while they had ceded the land, they still were controlling them. Uh, they had control over Palestinian rights and they were fragmenting and according to them, fragmenting and segregating Palestinian citizens of Israel. Um, when it came to, they, they, they seized Palestinian land and property, uh, their unlawful killings, uh, state sanctioned killings against, you know, people who were uprising or protesting. It's just bad. It's so bad that Amnesty International calls what Israel is doing at this moment, practically apartheid. And I know when you think apartheid, you think South Africa. So, you know, it has to be bad to be compared, you know, to, you know, the apartheid in South Africa. You know, and at the same time that Israel is, quote unquote, taking their hands off of the Gaza Strip, who steps in uh, is Hamas. Right. And Hamas is a terrorist organization. I'm sorry. What they're doing is terrorism. But like there's a vacuum there, a power vacuum. And so Hamas steps in, you know, they they win, uh, you know, put that in quotes, uh, a plurality of votes, not a majority of votes, a plurality of votes in 2006. And, you know, they gain power over the Gaza Strip and what have they done since then they haven't held elections so you know for all the people who say that you know Hamas represents Palestinians they don't because they don't even allow them to vote so Hamas takes over and they have a relinquished power and so what you've had over these past almost 20 years is this back and forth this uh, acts of violence it's just the temperature is, is rising and then you know it came to a boiling point uh last week and i think people have to understand that there are many sides to this thing in terms of there's a mosque who's terrorist organization but you have palestinians who truly want autonomy and they want their own state yeah like i agree that there should be a jewish state there should be you know a, a nation of israel you know i after the holocaust and after what's happened to jewish people throughout the centuries I, I want them to have their own state 
you know, to where they can feel secure. So I'm not arguing against that. I just think at the same time, Palestinians should have their own state, too, where they have autonomy over over themselves. And I think that's where the struggle is. So you have Hamas, bad actors, but you have Palestinian people who are not Hamas, who want the autonomy. Then you have the government of Israel. And I don't want to conflate that to all Jewish people or Israeli people, because there are a lot of people in Israel who hate the Netanyahu government. But you have Netanyahu, who's a bad faith actor, who is continuing this apartheid. And so it's, it's gotten really ugly. And I guess that nuance is never talked about in the media. So it was just like, oh, Palestinians, bad people. Go get them. I don't care if their children are killed. I don't care if, you know, their families are ripped apart. It, 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 I didn't like it. Like it, it, it bothered me all week because while we should show compassion to the Jewish people who were killed um, and what Hamas did was terrible, why can't we show that same compassion to Palestinians where thousands have died over the past week? There are no glowing stories. There are no interviews like that in the media with Palestinians who've been killed. It's never, even even before then, the violence that's been put upon Palestinians, you don't hear the news talk about that at all. And, and, and it goes to the greater point, and I talked about this even during, you know, the Ukraine, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. We, we give sympathy only to certain groups of people. I mean, it's not to say that these groups of people are not worthy of sympathy because obviously what happened last week, you know, that was awful what Hamas did. So I'm not saying that that the Jewish people didn't deserve sympathy. I'm not saying Ukrainians who are being invaded by Russia don't deserve sympathy. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that the same sympathy and media attention and empathy we give to these people, why can't we give them to, you know, thousands have been killed in multiple earthquakes in Afghanistan and no one cares. In Libya, 10,000 people were, feel, I mean, feared dead after floods and no one cares. Ethiopia, you have a civil war, you have Eritrea involved, no one cares. Where thousands have been killed. It, 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 it doesn't pull on people's heartstrings. I, I look at things every day in Africa, oh, 100 people are killed in a bombing or this place in the Middle East, 200 people have been killed in this attack and no one cares. But what happened last week, we cared. And while we should, why can't we grant that to everybody? The same anger we have at Hamas kidnapping Jewish children and holding them hostage and killing them, like the, the most evil thing you can do, the same anger we have for that, we should have that same anger for when the Israeli army bombs a children's hospital, and kills Palestinian children. I'm saying you have to see all life as, as valuable. And that, that part scared me is that there were so many people who said there was one guy who's an activist for gun violence and all that, and, and for peace and all that. I'm like, okay, I believe in what he's, he's doing. And then I see him last week saying, well, you know, you know, Hamas should have thought about that. You know, when people were complaining about uh, Palestinian children being killed in an Israeli, you know, siege of Gaza. This guy said, well, Hamas should have thought about that. Basically saying like, you know, screw those kids. You know, Israel has to get its get back. And I'm like, bro, think of what you're saying, right? That's inhumane. A war crime from a, for a war crime. That's not how this world is supposed to work. 
you killed innocent people, so I have to kill innocent people. No, it can't work like that. You're sowing seeds to where it'll never stop. And as a Christian, it broke my heart. But then it didn't surprise me to see so many, you know, quote unquote Christians say that, you know, they didn't care, you know, who was killed as long as, you know, Israel got retribution for what happened. They didn't care that Palestinian children were being, you know, bombed or anything like that. And I'm like, who are you? And then I had to remind myself, this is America, where American Christians have been at the forefront of a lot of injustices. So you got to ask yourself, if you're calling yourself a Christian, how are you going to say that you follow Jesus, but you don't care that innocent children are being murdered? That, that makes no sense. You don't care that innocent children or women are innocent people in general are, are being denied resources and water and, and electricity and Internet. They don't care like you don't care about human rights abuses. You don't care about any of that. But you call yourself a Christian. And, and I don't know the solution to this because I'm not there. You know, I, I'm, I'm someone who has empathy for a group of people, well, empathy for all people in the human rights struggle. Right. My heart broke for, for Jewish people last week. My heart's breaking for Palestinian people right now. And so, like, I don't have a solution, but. This violence, it's, it, it's just, it, as a human, it breaks your heart. And I just don't want us to lose our humanity while in the midst of getting justice, any of that. You can't lose your humanity for people. And, and I, you saw the effects of it, of, 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 of bad language and bad moral phrasing. You saw the effects of it yesterday. There was a, a, a child in Illinois. Him and his mother were attacked by their landlord. Him and his mother are Palestinian. They were attacked by their white landlord. And this child was stabbed to death dozens, well, I think dozens of times. Because they were Palestinian. Because this guy was saying anti-Muslim things while he was attacking them. And I'm like, that is what happens when you frame or you paint people with a broad brush. When you say all Palestinians or all Muslims are responsible for this. Or all these types of people are responsible for this. This is what happens. That's the natural conclusion. And I'm thinking to myself, what are we right now? Like, what are we doing? That is what happens when when your government speaks only thinking of elections and what's politically, you know, beneficial to them instead of being speaking with moral clarity. That's what happens. That is what happens when the media doesn't give empathy to innocent people who are about to be killed but instead blames them for the sins of a terrorist group. This, this, what happened yesterday, that child being killed, that's the natural conclusion. And so I want to see it stop. And we have to stop looking at some people as, as, as worthy of our empathy and others as not. And, and as a black person in this country, I look, I, I, you see it all. And you see how some people are granted and other people, they aren't granted that kindness, that empathy. And, and, and so I want us to change the way we think, because unless we grant everyone that kindness, that empathy, that sympathy. What we, the problems we have in this world, the oppression, the apartheid, the violence, it'll just continue. And again, I just want to remind people, no matter what you're fighting for, even if you want justice or any, you can never lose your humanity. And like. Even when it comes to the truth of situations, you can never see the truth or what you believe 
or, or your principles in order to join a mob, then you've lost any moral high point that you ever had. And, and I'm not saying this like I'm a perfect person or anything, but I tried to never lose my humanity for other people. And that's the challenge for all of us is that you can't be so bloodthirsty for retribution that you don't see you're hurting innocent people. And I just want to I want to stress that point. Never, ever lose your humanity and your empathy for other human beings. And so with that being said, I want to thank you for, for listening. I don't take it for granted when anybody listens. If you can, please subscribe or, you know, follow this podcast and whatever platform you're listening. Please share it. You know, we're just trying to get the message out. If you want to talk more about, you know, this and other issues, you know, you can you can hit me up, you know, social media, uh, J-O-E-L underscore P-U-L-L-I-A-M. Uh, you know, reach out if you want to talk about these, you know, these issues that are going on. Um, but again, thank you for, for, for listening. And again, I'm going to keep stating it. We can't lose our humanity. And with that, I want to end this uh, the same way I always end every episode. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being upset. Because passion only means one thing, that you're still alive. God bless.